1: plushcarecom loss This is the Ocean Protect podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect,
0: committed to change.
2: Ryan, welcome to our little show. Thank you. Welcome, Graham. This is,
1: uh, I believe, Graham just said, look, this is his first interview he's ever done. And uh, then I replied, Oh, have you um, actually listened to any of our podcasts? And he went, I've listened to every single one. So we have the only person in the world who's listened to every episode. Welcome, Graham.
3: Thank you. But but apart from being an avid Ocean Protect podcast listener, uh,
2: tell us a bit about yourself, Graham. Yeah, I'm one of the marine debris coordinators for Sea Shepherd. I'm mainly looking after the Gold Coast, but I'm also the state coordinator working in with the other teams currently at the Sunshine Coast in Brisbane.
3: And, and so what does that involve?
2: Uh, it involves monthly beach cleans so we organise beach cleans with members of the local community at different locations all over Australia but the ones that I help assist with are the run the Gold Coast ones and assist with the guys with the Brisbane and Sunshine Coast ones.
3: And so how often are these beach cleanups, how, how often are the ones that you're organising, how often do they happen?
2: Yeah, our ones are on the Gold Coaster every month. So every month, normally the first or the second weekend of the month, we run a beach clean. Select a location based on feedback or requests from other organisations to partner with them, and then we go from there. And every month we run one or two. Some months we had two.
1: Mate, that's uh, that's a hell of a lot of events. And and you told me before that you actually have a full time job <gasps> doing yeah, events. That's correct. So you, you must be pretty good at putting on these beach cleans then.
2: Yeah, yeah. The logistical side's easy.
1: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, mate, just diving into that a bit. Obviously, plastic is just a, a, a huge concern and a you know, pollutant that everyone is, is at least, I think, aware of now, especially with uh, all the media attention. What are you guys typically seeing in your beach cleanups? What's what, what's your number one thing? Jandal? or okay. oh, sorry, flip-flop? <laughs> you know. the, what's the number one thing?
2: The number one thing is still cigarette butts. Yeah. You know, we're just... It hasn't changed. I know uh, last year we did a clean-up in Surface Paradise and in one hour 9,000 cigarette butts. So that's wow. after the street cleaners have come, hosed it all down the drains, into the garden verges and we still got 9,000 out of there in one hour.
3: And sorry, where was that? That was on the Gold Coast, on a beach or? Surface Paradise. Surface Paradise. Surface
2: Paradise, Surface Paradise just under the sign we we're going to the beach. So I was just removed from the beach and the footpath.
3: So one of our most iconic, celebrated beachfronts In Australia and potentially even the world, you picked up 9,000 cigarette butts in an hour.
2: It's probably one of the worst places we see on the Gold Coast for cigarette butts. They're just discarded everywhere, whether it's through tourists or people not being aware. They're just everywhere throughout that area. And every time we go there, it's exactly the same. So I think one time was 6,000 and then the last time was 9,000.
3: And sorry, how many people... Like for the 9,000 cigarette butts, how many people did you have picking them up?
2: I think there was about 45 on that day.
3: Holy mackerel, that's a lot of cigarette butts for 45 people in an hour.
2: Yeah, and we're not focusing just on cigarette butts. We're cleaning up the the whole area, so that's just the cigarette butts people come across. I mean, everybody's pretty keen to remove those from the area because they take 25 years to break down. So they're looking around trying to remove that sort of stuff. And, you know, once you find one, you normally find a lot more
1: we were in um Bondi, Bondi beach, yeah. and we were walking up the beach doing a beach clean and Brad was looking quite good in his wee dicky dogs so, <laughs> so, so very good. but I remember walking up there and we looked at each other and we were like the, the beach looks pretty clean yeah. and then we were like well no no come on we know what we're doing and we actually just went to a certain bit right by the rock wall and concentrated on it just a meter by a meter like you say just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cigarette butts. Yeah, because
3: we kind of like sift yeah, through have to the sift stand, through it. Yeah, and, yeah, it you really, know, wasn't it's immediately not, obvious. No,
1: because what does a cigarette butt looks like? Orange yeah. in Yeah. Wow. Well, that's um, you know, and, and and just going on that, you hit on a good point. People just discard them. So we're, we're at a um, function today talking about the waste management hierarchy. Number one, avoidance. You know, avoid using. You know, we've got to recycle better, we've got to reuse better. But the number one is don't use it and, you know, don't litter, be aware. Yep. And that is your problem with your tourist hotspots. We found that in Noosa uh, when we were up there doing another presentation. We look at the hotspots within a certain area. The public might be good at littering, you know, education or, the you know, Australian people. You mean the locals? The locals. Yeah. Yeah. But... The people coming in, they're going, we don't care. And then that's where that load of pollution obviously comes. And that's just the the littering that we know that's happening. Mm. Obviously accidental litter, wind litter. But that's just purely from people going like that. Has to be.
2: No ownership because they're only there for a short period of time. They're not Mm. invested in that area. They don't go there. It's not their local beach. And that's obviously where a lot of those problems are coming from. Yeah,
1: but we just need to educate the tourists that are coming in and going, hey, Buggers! If you if you want to come here, there's some rules because
3: yep. yeah. But often, even locals, there's a real disconnect between okay. If I throw a cigarette butt on the ground in Cavill Avenue yep. Mall in on Sefer's Paradise, a lot of people don't realise that if if it rains and it ultimately does or it gets you know hosed down because of the the street sweepers etc., that pollution that cigarette butt as an example, or a Coke can or Big Mac wrap or whatever will make its way into the beach and ocean. And generally, that's actually why they're there in the first place. That's why they want to go to the surface paradise, to go to the beach, to swim in the ocean and whatever. They don't recognise that what they do on land has a direct impact on the health and amenity of the actual environment that they're there to enjoy.
2: Yep, and I think there's a big disconnect with that. You notice that in a lot of areas where people, you know, look after the beach or the front of the beach all right, but then you go back and everybody's empty, their ashtrays and yeah. the drains out the front thinking that it just goes away, disappears, and we, we see that a lot where some of the beach areas are cleaner than they were when we started the campaign four years ago, but all the parks and the drains are just being treated like a rubbish dump.
1: But that doesn't surprise us again being at this beach cleanup after the some Bondi after not so long. We were like, Bug at this. Let's go to the car park adjacent to the beach. Sure enough, mm. that's where it's all coming from. Well, it was a a lot of it was coming from. We can't say all because the catchment of obviously Bondi, but it was just it was just ironic. Yeah,
3: I'm keen to get into the detail of the sort of what you what you guys are finding, etc. But before we before we get too down the the, the rabbit warren in that regard, I'm keen. For, I love a good backstory. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. let's go, Graham. back. So, look, we got we got to clarify your role at uh, at Sea Shepherd Australia is the marine debris coordinator for the Gold Coast, and you said you organise beach cleanups every month, or sometimes twice a month. But how did you actually get involved with Sea Shepherd Australia in the first place?
2: Yeah, I took my kids down. I did an Xterra race down on the Great Ocean Road. And the what, sorry, what race? Xterra, uh, off-road triathlon.
1: Oh, wow. You'd be a brother of bread, there. We're two peas in the pot, aren't we, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, uh, Jeremy calls himself an athlete now. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. that
1: is not true. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Jeremy and myself did a uh, swim run event, as I'm sure you know the an listener. Uh, and Jeremy well, – so we did that in Bali. We did that in Bali. And now Jeremy – I'm not sure if you've ever made this public, but Jeremy's actually signed up for uh, a swim run event in Wanaka. And he's also – we've both signed up to do another team event in Sydney what in have April? I done, Graham? Yeah, what have Swimmon I done, in Australia? So Jeremy says, "How many? How many events do I need to do before I call myself an?" <laughs> no, no, no. That, that is not how the
1: conversation <laughs> went down. Anyway, I said yeah. two.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, no, no, Graham, take Sorry, us back. Sorry, the this terror race. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, and then I took my kids to see the. They had three Sea Shepherd ships in at Williamstown at the time.
1: Was the Steve Irwin boat there? Yes, it was. Oh, wow. Have yeah. you been on that?
2: Uh, only when it's been more Oh, yeah, awesome. When it was in Brisbane.
1: Oh, classic. So you're down there with the kids. With the kids. Um, Get the all excited.
2: Tours, it's after the boats were damaged by the Nishin Maru in the whaling campaign. Yep. Um, so Operation Zero Tolerance. And we did the tour from that and then we come back and starting to talk to the kids and Because I I work a lot in the event industry, it was trying to show the kids that there's stuff outside of your day job or outside what you do for a living you need to try and give back. So I started thinking about that a bit and then contacted Sea Shepherd, the Brisbane chapter, and joined from there and got my children involved. And then we started doing beach cleans. So Um, you
3: weren't keen to go anti-whaling campaigns, you know, get on the rubber dinghies and, you know. Get arrested?
2: I think it'd be awesome. Trying to fly for three months off what fun. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then um, came, came back and went to the chapter and at the time it was mainly involved in merch. So there was the merch sales trying to run, raise funds to um, keep the ships fueled and out at sea with the campaigns. At that time they'd just started beach cleans. It was before the campaign became, the marine debris campaign. Mm. It was just random beach mm. cleans. And then we built up from that and then when the campaign came on, it was something that I could commit to a lot more and take my children and my wife to and become more involved I have three daughters. So it was something that we could all do as a family, go along to these beach cleans and participate in that way and I didn't need to commit to the merchandise sales side of things as much because it was hard to organise that around work mm. where the beach cleans were much earlier and a shorter duration.
3: And it's worthwhile noting, you mentioned work. like you you work essentially, you were saying before more or less a sixty hour a week job for a security business. That's correct. And so all the all Sea Shepherd Australia work, which I'm sure is very, very time consuming, that is all voluntarily. is that is that correct?
2: That's correct. All Sea Shepherd um, is run by volunteers. so we're all volunteers uh, across Australia, you know some of us are doing involved in marine debris campaign. As onshore volunteers, so There's onshore volunteers, which are the people that are at the stalls speaking to people, selling the t-shirts, raising the funds uh, to keep the campaigns alive, and then there's offshore volunteers, which are the sh- staff crewing the ships.
3: So, how about a round of applause for Graham, all those yeah, amazing bro, volunteers? Bro, I think Jeremy's has got a sound I don't know if somewhere. It's work. No, oh, no, bro.
1: no, that's not it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, a round of applause, <laughs> a round of applause for, Graham. for Graham. And honestly, I think that really is impressive. So, to work a very demanding job in, in Gee, sixty hours a week, mate. I mean yeah. that's and it's, it's 60 hours a week of security like Graham was telling me before he looks after security for all the sort of uh, events at sort of the RNA showgrounds boom so boom all, take the room so, so hook us up <laughs> so all the sort of uh, outdoor music festivals at the, the the live gigs at uh, Suncorp Stadium like the Elton Johns the Queens uh, hey we've
1: got filters at Suncorp Stadium so you're protected <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by ocean protect filters so it's at, not that's just that's 60 awesome. hours
3: a week of you know twiddling spreadsheets and whatever no. it's 60 hours a week of, well, of, just like you, know, you do <laughs> Busting heads and you know, you know, <laughs> dealing with drunk guys like Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you recognise him. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> no, don't party up here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, I like, totally totally took my hat off. And so, obviously, you, you joined up. How
2: long ago was that? Uh, that was five years ago.
3: And so, you've literally, I guess, have you, you worked your way up to you know, from literally picking up rubbish to now telling people to pick up rubbish? Is yeah, that how it works.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We started <laughs> started <laughs> off small and uh, built our way up, and then. You know i live in logan so the gold coast i grew up on the gold coast as well so it was good to get the opportunity to go down and work on those beaches they are the best beaches in australia so we went down there started cleaning up those beaches um kids always enjoy going near the surf somewhere where we've always spent a lot of time as a family so it was good to be involved on the Gold Coast in those areas.
3: And, and so if you're an avid listener, you're keen to potentially join up or come along to one of the... avid listener,
1: there's only one, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's
3: on the show. Tumbleweed <laughs> <laughs> the roll through. But uh, <laughs> if you're keen to get involved and help out with these cleanups, how could people find out more information?
2: Uh, the probably quickest way is via social media. So we have Facebook, Instagram accounts. All the events are listed on Facebook right across the board. Um, yeah, I think it is like Sea Shepherd, bro. <laughs> yeah,
3: but well, it's interesting to know that Sea Shepherd they have three key campaign areas. Oh, uh, okay, three. yeah, cool. So, so, sorry, yeah, Spain so the so yeah, Take out, where, I, where <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people don't actually recognise that the Marine Debris campaign is is one of the three, I guess, key campaign areas for a Sea Shepherd Australia. Sea Shepherd Australia is very famous for doing the anti-whaling stuff. You know, uh, literally rolling up next to big whaling ships and causing all sorts of havoc, which I think is very uh, admirable, and uh, i take my hat off to those guys. But you guys obviously recognised recently that marine debris, uh, like plastic litter, etc., was a key pressure and you guys wanted to do something about it.
2: That's correct, and, and it is one of the key focuses, illegal fishing, climate change and marine pollution. So the marine debris campaign has just been growing and there's been a strong focus on it. There's more and more people getting involved where partnering more with other organisations and businesses as well. Like we've had a lot of collaborations on the Gold Coast over the last 12 months, just working with different people, trying to get the message out there, not by people that are converted but by getting other people involved. It's really good for families, so we get a lot of families, a lot of school interests, a lot of teachers coming in and and getting involved. So it's something that's really grown, which has been great. You know, When I first started going, there was maybe five or ten people arriving at these beach cleans. And the last beach clean at Tweed Heads, we had 120 people. Wow. Wow.
3: Yeah, and and they they very. I remember joining you on one beach clean on the Gold Coast, Labrador. Uh, Labrador, that's right. And uh, it was myself and I think Ch- Travis Coleman, yes, one of my friends, who's a professional triathlete. He's an avid listener, so shout out to Travis. Hi, yeah. hey, Travis. <laughs> um, so myself and him rocked up with our muscle muscle shirts and picked. And to be honest, I was even amazed myself. Like uh, you, you see the stats around cigarette butts being the number one pollutant, which you referenced before, but to see it firsthand and to pick up. So many of these little cigarette butts, it was incredible, to be honest. It was real eye-opening, even for me.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
1: Yeah, mate. I mean, it's, it's amazing what happens once you start sieving through it all. I mean, it's... And so generally
3: on that day, as I think it was an example, like basically we had I think maybe 50 or so, you're all given a sort of basic hessian bag and just gone off and pick up pollution. And I remember going to travel, going, oh, man, you know, because I, th- I think we were maybe the second group to go through. And we're like, oh, there's going to be, you know, there's not going to be much here because everyone's gone through it. We're sort of around this immediate area. There's heaps of people. And we still picked up stacks. I was gobsmacked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is shocking. You see it on a, hand, on a on a you know weekly basis or whenever you can do it. I've just got one question for you. Yes. Well, sir. I've got heaps. <laughs> Have you? You've obviously been recording what you've been picking up in some way, shape, or form, depending on what you can and can't count. Have you kept a register of what you have taken off the beaches since you started?
2: Yeah, definitely. We've removed two point nine million pieces. That was to the end of last year. Two point nine
1: million pieces
2: of of waste and prevent it from entering our oceans and seventy two tons. Wow! So so six hundred and fifty five beach cleans up to up to last year. So and this is where I think Sea
3: Shepherd Australia have done a really good job. Like uh, Graham emailed me uh, a, a PDF of the spreadsheet of that. Data that, And I think, as we've sort of pointed out before uh, on this show, is without data, you're just someone with an opinion. And when you can sort of, A, demonstrate how much pollution you guys are actually actively cleaning up, but also the distribution of that pollution, you can really target, I guess, upstream or key management activities to essentially stop that pollution from happening in the first place. So the, the, the data that you guys have collected is amazing. So I remember when we were at Labrador, we obviously did the clean-up for an hour or whatever, and then everyone came back, emptied their bags onto a big sort of tarp, and basically... A whole bunch of people sifted through it for ages and I guess you recorded what they were pulling out.
2: Yeah, and that's a big part of it is not only are we getting people active, getting them involved outside, seeing the issue, but once you feel it, once they're touching it with their hands, that's when they start realising the extent of the problem. You know, a lot of people turn up, like a lot of locals will walk past and say, why are you cleaning up here? It's clean, there's nothing around here, you're wasting your time. And then we remove 100k yeah. of waste from that area, you know, and there's been a lot of changes, you know, we've seen a lot of change since CDS scheme started. So the container deposit scheme in Queensland, yeah. we used to remove uh, six bags, I would know, about 400 bottles mm. from every cleanup and now we're down to one bag. So it's been a good change. But everything else has been increasing, you know?
1: Yeah. Container deposit schemes have been and are fantastic uh, initiatives, and that's not uncommon what we see in other states. Yep. Shout out to our friends at Tomra. Um, they do a wonderful job. They're behind the scheme. They make, make it, the scheme actually work. It's government initiatives, depending on where you are, but um, it's worth... We've seen and heard a lot of people talk about that. The is out there to support that, right? Yeah, there's
3: a there's a recent uh, publication put out by CSIRO, which I'll include in the show notes, which actually has demonstrated more or less what uh, uh, Graham's anecdotally reporting that basically says that where container deposit schemes are in place, they see a 40% reduction in littering of uh, beverages, beverage bottles. Yep. So what we, what we do recognise is with those container deposit schemes, and people don't know what they are, basically is when you're put your bottle of whatever it might be, the empty bottle of Bundaberg ginger beer or Coca-Cola or whatever, they put it back in the vending machine, they get 10 cents back. So that obviously puts money in the pocket of the uh, consumer, makes money for the the companies like Tomra, They can example.
1: They can also give, They people yes. can choose not to take the 10 that's cents to right. give it to a charity, which is yeah. a wonderful initiative.
3: Yeah, and obviously it has a significant reduction in the amount of litter, which is fantastic.
1: Yeah, a success story. So, I mean, that that's really great. When you, when you talk about what you're seeing an increase on, so you're seeing an increase on everything else.
2: That's right. The, you see the decrease on the CDS or the returnable containers. Um, the plastic bags, we've seen a reduction in the old style, but now you see the heavier, thicker plastic bags. So, nice. yes, there are less of what we used to pick up, but a lot more finer. You know, after cigarette butts, it's that really fine film or food wrapping that's probably the next on the list, as well as hard plastics, but it's all broken down. It's all little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's no longer recognisable as its original and yeah yeah for, a, for a sure
1: plastic that's essentially broken
3: up into smaller pieces that's yeah well
2: going macro and micro yeah. plastic. well
1: exactly and i mean this is one of the drawbacks of, of street sweeping you know what they're not sucking up they're also breaking down you know mm-hmm. like yeah. yes they do pick up the bulk and can have great benefits but there's also research out there that actually shows that you're breaking the plastic down into you know smaller bits as you're saying so with,
3: with those management changes, like you mentioned, yeah, with the container deposit schemes, you see reduced, I guess, bottles littered with the, ch- with the change in, I guess, plastic bag policies. We've seen a change in the type of plastic bags yeah. you're seeing. Are there any sort of other sort of key changes you're seeing in terms of the distribution or even amount of pollution you're removing?
2: A lot of the other items are still the same. You know, we, we're still seeing coffee cups. We're still seeing those single-use water bottles that there's no need to use. We're still seeing all that sort of stuff, you know, cotton buds, lolly sticks. A lot of the same sort of stuff is repeated no matter where we are, but it's just the single-use plastic packaging, I think, is the main thing, whether it be, you know, something Coles or Woolworths have come out with and now all the produce is packed inside these plastic containers that we're getting ten times the amount of, when before it was all just loose, you could go and select it all. And now you will have to buy it all pre-packaged. So we're, we're seeing that sort of packaging escalate as more convenience food is. Do you made. reckon
1: you reckon you were seeing it escalate considering the current environment we're in? Because yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Because I've seen the peak of that. I think, and this is just my opinion. I'm now seeing supermarkets trialing going back to the old school, and you know, some supermarkets in New Zealand they are called Naked yep. Supermarkets in Auckland. I'm seeing the consumer push the other way. Well, I hope I'm seeing that. Uh, what about you? I don't
3: know. Yeah, look, I don't know. I, I trust the the stats that I like. Again, with that data you're oh, sorry, someone with so, an opinion. Okay. And This is the thing about the 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 day that the Steve Shepard Australia collecting. It's pretty conclusive. Like, I, and I basically trust what
1: Graham yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you would over me. Fine.
3: He's just someone with an opinion. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah.
1: no, no, no. the data. Okay, but I was talking from a supermarket push point of view from their psyche. I'm well, see that that's starting to go. Oh jeez, we're, we're going to be in, but the, the consumer will demand it back.
2: That's yeah. right, it's yeah. consumer-driven change. Exactly. It, it's not the supermarkets, and some supermarkets are going that way. But the not problem is enough, a lot bro. of it is socio-economic. So if you go yep. to buy in Logan, it's all going to be pre-packaged. Yeah, if you went to New Farm, you can probably buy it loose. Yeah, how, how does second. that
3: make you feel? So you're busting your butt, and you and hundreds. You live in, in Logan. Yeah, you 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 you're organizing all these cleanups. You're. Uh, anywhere between know, 25 and 120 people turn up for these cleanups. They all come from all different locations, giving up their Sunday afternoon or wherever it might be, to go up and do a pretty grimy job of picking up rubbish. Does that annoy the bejeebas out of you when you see people not really doing much in terms of you see littering, you see supermarkets still supplying the the lolly sticks and the, and the wrapping around the bananas and that sort of stuff? How does that make you feel?
2: Yeah, I think the packaging is just... It's ridiculous to the extent that we've been, and it's very frustrating when you go in and do your weekly shopping and suddenly you see this increase in all the pre-packaged stuff. And even further, there's, you know, some people are just not interested. We were did a beach clean up the Sunshine Coast last month, I think it was, and one of the coordinators and the volunteers that had done it went back a couple of days later and the air was just trashed. Really? All rubbish was just left everywhere. It was just littered. Somebody had been there and had a party left everything just laying there. You see the stream remnants from the little poppers and all those sort of things and they have just finished cleaning that area and it hasn't even been a week later and it was as bad as it was when they started, so it's very frustrating.
3: So, yeah, very frustrating. Is that a nice way of saying saying it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm like,
1: to <laughs> come, man, Graham, but I, <laughs> I sort security. of got a sense that you were going to stab someone. See,
3: <laughs> so that's why he's in security. He's yeah, not yeah, a, not yeah. A
1: patron. <laughs> you see again, you're back in grab. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but have you got a feel for actually? Like, obviously, you're doing cleanups on beach environments. What sort of other sort of areas are you're doing beach cleanups in? A you?
2: lot in parks. because um, yep. obviously, every eighty percent of all marine pollution is from land-based sources so it is all coming in from the park so some of the beaches have programs where they drive a tractor with a mesh steel mesh net over the back and bury it and lift up some of the the waste just the different areas you know like you're saying before some of it as soon as you start digging that's where you see the real waste it's all just been buried over a period of time but we've done we've done the Logan River about 6 months ago pulled out a fair bit of there but i think a lot of the stuff that people see, they go to the beach and see it's clean, but they don't put two and two together. Sometimes that that's just coming in and out with the tide. Mm, yeah. So, you know, what we've seen at different locations, we've done uh, four remote cleans now. <coughs> we've done um, Jewelpan Beach in Arnhem Land, uh, even when we spent a week over at Morton doing a beach clean over there last year, and you see in those areas that most of the rubbish is pushed back from the high tide mark, and it's back, and that's the fragile stuff that's been hit by the sun and it's all breaking down. And when we go to pick it up, something that looks like just a sheet of plastic is suddenly a million pieces of plastic, which is what Jeremy was saying with the cleaning methods, that you just see it and it's just breaking down. So in Arnhem Land where it was, you know, pretty horrendous to go up there and see the extent of the pollution up there, you're picking up these items and they're just falling apart and then you're sitting down for another half an hour just picking up one item that's now in pieces that, you know, you need to do something to prevent it from entering because, you know, with pan it's a turtle hatchery so the turtles are having to come up through that mess to, to lay their nests and we witnessed that when we've been up there seeing the turtles, the mother turtles come up and have to, you know, try and go straight through all this marine debris that's washed up over years and then even up in the higher dunes where they're trying to go to lay their eggs where it's safer that's where all this broken down plastic is and, you know, the images, whether it be through untrashing jewel pan, which was the short video that we made from when we went there Mm -hmm. two years ago, where you see that and you see the density of this plastic, but to actually sit there with the Indigenous rangers, the Dimaru rangers, and pick through it and think that these guys have to do it every day. We're pretty privileged. We go there for two weeks, clean up for about 12 hours a day for, for the duration, but we get to go home. They've got to go back and that that's their country, that's their sacred areas, that they're going back to pick up rubbish that has nothing to do with them.
3: Just for the listeners' benefit, tell us about this Julepan Beach. So where is it? Like, give people some sort of context.
2: It's in southeast Arnhem Land, so it's within the IPA, the Indigenous Protected Area, um, so you need permits to go there. It's two and a half hours from Nullumbai or Gove, which is the white settlement there. So we had, we went in with the Dimaroo Rangers, which manage all that coastline, And they took us in and we camped on the beaches and it was amazing. They had to cut trails for us because it had been closed, I believe it was five years ago, through Cyclone and just it being overwhelming for the traditional owners to go there and see the mess that their land was just, it was being inundated by plastic and they could no longer stop it. And then when the Cyclone came through, it was just closed.
3: So, obviously, this is a very remote area. There's no Cavill Avenue Mall. There's no backpackers. There's no crazy tourists. No hair salon for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good for about two weeks. Uh, I wear a hat most of the time. (laughs) But, like, so where is this pollution on this beach coming from?
2: A lot of it's coming from Asia. It's coming straight across from Asia. But I think sometimes people are just blaming Asia where, you know, even at Morton, when we did the clean at Morton, that's Australian waste, so that's yeah. not Asian waste. So most of the waste at the top of the Northern Territory is from Asia and it, it's coming along and so much fishing, you know, some, so much from industrial fishing where people are fishing illegally, which is one of our other key focusings. They're cutting nets when they think they're going to get caught, so they just become mm. drift or ghost nets. And the ghost nets up on the beaches, they're out of control. They're, they've got all... Um, bones from deceased animals in them animals are trapped in it it's just killing animals as it comes in towards the shore it's such
1: a fool makes my blood boil that stuff hey like we used you know to know I mean. fish what You still eat fish oh look i'm allowed to have <laughs> eat <deer laughs> fish no, I'm vegan. Oh. Boom. Oh, high five. Two peas in the pod. Just a sit up. <laughs> I,
3: mean, I was just thinking, a, you, this you are is a, ridiculous, a, you're a ridiculously good looking individual, <laughs> man.
1: Yeah, he, has, he does a pretty look. This is interesting. Young.
3: This is the thing like, you, you, like, this is a classic example So you I don't know, know like that. that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is <laughs> where <laughs> you listen to all the
3: podcasts. <laughs> this is where we're going
2: to get out. I
3: know. Graham and me are on our vegan bandwagon. This is Did the you thing. know this? No, I didn't actually. Right. Uh, having said that, Graham is ridiculously good-looking, so <laughs> you know the, the 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 dots are joining. But this is the thing: like we know uh, okay. a, a key source of ocean plastic is certainly land-based sources, and other key sources are uh, commercial fishing nets. And we know that
1: when hey, but I uh, okay, yeah? let's, let's just settle this. Okay, look, do I eat more veggies than I do? For, like hey, I mate, know everything Jeremy. in moderation. I know. I like a bit of blue cod, egg, but. Oh, stop that. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Is it is, stop it, it. It, is it is
3: it my is it my words that are making you feel uncomfortable, Jeremy, or is it your conscience?
1: No, or is it just a fact that he's insecurity? <laughs> yeah, he can take you yeah. down yeah. And we'll just look at you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect Podcast. episodes are released
1: weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au